0: Welcome to Success Is Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Portman, serial entrepreneur, author, and podcast host. Whether success for you is more money, time with your family, a healthy, well-balanced life, or freedom, I'm interviewing guests and getting you the advice to make it happen. So join me as we uncomplicate the complicated, help you define success, and give you the strategies to make it happen. Hi guys, Phil Portman here. Today with me is Daniel Barraro. He's an investor, entrepreneur, business coach, and podcaster who founded USA Land Ventures, a real estate investing and training company. Hi Daniel, thank you for coming and joining us today.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: So let's start off with, just tell us a little bit about your background. Um, You've been in the business since 1986, is that correct?
1: 1989.
0: 1989, very good. So tell us a little bit about how'd you get into uh, real estate investing and a little bit about your background.
1: Sure. So I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, uh, Fort Greene, Brooklyn. Actually, for those of you that are familiar with Fort Greene, it's a really uh, nice place to live now. But back in the days, it was the okay corral, to say the least. Um, So I actually grew up in that area. And my father had a bodega, which is a grocery store, uh, literally only a block away from where we lived in one of our apartments. In one of the apartment, actually, we I grew up in one of two apartments and the apartment of my father, we, where we paid rent. And my father opened up the store. I literally grew up in the in, behind a counter, you know, working alongside my dad since the age of nine years old. Um, he was there for 35 years. And when I graduated from college, I felt most comfortable coming back home to, 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 to my old neighborhood. And that's where I opened up my first business, which was a video store. Uh, the video store was there literally for 25 years. So it went from videos, it went from to a Beeper subscription place where we had over 130,000 Beeper subscribers, um, about 30,000 retail, about 100,000 wholesale. And then that grew into the cell phone business and... Eventually, you know, every it, it, those businesses have its life cycles, and, and and we grew out of those, right? As what well, or this life cycle just came to an end? So, but during the entire time, what we kept doing, my brother and I, was buying property. Uh, so we literally um, just kept reinvesting our cash flow from the properties into buying more properties, and the. One of the goals was, or one of the ideas was um, don't buy anything that we can't walk to from our office because the time that it takes to travel back and forth to an individual property, especially in New York with, the, with all the traffic, it could add another hour to your day and then you're down that hour, right? It's not most of, it wasn't the most efficient um, layout of our, our time, right? So, and, and that's essentially how we started the real estate business. Gotcha.
0: That's awesome. And you've grown it uh, leaps and bounds to today. And then obviously doing coaching as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, the coaching side came about at, as a result of my kids. You and I discussed this. They kept bought, you know, telling me, dad, look at the garbage you're putting out there. You have to really put it out there. And the one I really started looking at some of the stuff that people were coaching I was like wait a minute that's that's not good advice you know? yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. and then when I started seeing style. yeah when I started yeah. seeing how much you are charging for this I'm like wait a minute that's that's not really right I mean so in my case I'm doing I I don't charge anything because I do it because I love to do it at this point I can you know that's why we do it
0: yeah yeah so I'd love to hear more on that you, you talked about family in our previous conversation and the importance in your life How did family affect your career and your decision to be an entrepreneur and and how has it developed over the years?
1: So that's a, that's a very, uh, double-edged sword type of question, right? So when you're younger, I found myself taking extreme amounts of risk, uh, with no fear because I figured I had time to make it up. And there was really no ramification if I made a mistake, right? Whether I lost money or not, because I could always make it back. When you have a family and kids, you have little people depending on you to feed them at you. every night, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a different animal, you know? That's right. <laughs> Once those little people arrive, you're like, wait a minute, I got to <laughs> change my whole strategy here. Yeah. They're relying on me? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah,
0: that's right.
1: <laughs> With those big brown eyes every morning when they look up at you, you know? Like they want to eat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a whole different animal. So the risk gets more measured. Um, it gets more calculated. Uh, there's less risk involved. There's always a risk when you, I don't care what business you're in, um, but you gotta make sure that if you have a fallback plan, a financial fallback plan, and the people depending on you are not gonna have to suffer as a result if you made a mistake or not, right? Or you didn't do enough research or you didn't do enough homework or you didn't, you didn't do enough diligence. Uh, due diligence on the deal so yeah so yeah the risk tolerance is very high when i was younger and i had no little no no children right um but as you as you as you get older and, and you have less time to make up for those mistakes the risk has to be more limited and more uh more calculated sure that makes sense yep Yep.
0: You don't have an upset family if you don't have Christmas. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Christmas, that's right. right. <laughs> so it leads to the next question. We, in, in business, we, we've all made mistakes, uh, especially in entrepreneurship. You you, you got to rebound from those things and learn from them and just understand that mistakes are part of the business. That's it. What's a, what's a mistake that you've made? And, and that would be great advice for somebody that's new getting into the business or even just getting into self-employment or entrepreneurship
1: trust but not verifying that was the biggest mistake i've made so i trusted what i heard and i saw but i didn't take the time out to verify um so guys and i that's that's management 101 and i knew that i was just you know it was laziness on my behalf sure you know that one moment of of laziness cost me a lot of money and it's at and it's happened to me more than once i would say at least two to three times i guess after the third time it was a bigger sledgehammer that hit that i got hit with Yeah, you know, it was a lot heavier yeah <laughs> so no it doesn't, <laughs> it, like... yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen again yeah it doesn't happen again but yeah trusting but not verifying uh you know it doesn't matter where it's coming from i don't care what the relationship dynamics are uh, always verify sure and that's well, part it's... of you know that's manager 101 i mean even even with my contractors or my 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 workers, I got workers that have been with me for 23 years. You know, they tell me they did something. I still go to the job site and check it regardless. I'll still tell them, send me a picture or send me a video or let's do some FaceTiming. I wanna see it. I'm verifying. So I don't care what the dynam- the the dynam- dynamics are, always verify.
0: Yeah, and honestly, that's probably important to them as well because it shows that you care about their work as their employer, as their boss, right?
1: Oh I mean, yeah, without a doubt. Um, and 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 you'd be surprised as they know as they as they learn your personality traits, they take the time out and say, you know what, he's going to come back and he's going to make me do this again. Let me just do it right this way. Or I, you know, I'm very detailed oriented. You know, if I walk into one of my properties and I see a piece of paper, and I walk into the property unexpected times at nine o'clock at night six in the morning and i'll take a you know if it's a piece of paper in the hallway floor i'll take a picture of it and i'm texting it to my to my super i'm like why is this here and they'll give me an excuse like um well i just cleaned it last night oh i was just there this morning wasn't yeah. there i don't want to hear it so yeah. because i go in so many different odd hours or sometimes at three o'clock in the afternoon i guess i find the them i find them walking the property more floor and checking everything yeah because they don't want to get my text and they don't, want me to have to, they don't want me to call them and say, meet me at this building right now. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, so I find them doing a little bit extra just so that since they don't know when I'm coming. Yeah. that tells you anything.
0: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yep. I had a manager a long time ago that says, uh, as, a, as a boss, your employees got to fear you
1: just a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. And I keep a little bit know, on that. I don't know about fear. I just make it inconvenient for them. <laughs> <laughs> so the more inconvenient I oh, make trust it. me, when you're when you're pinging up early in the morning, there's a little bit
0: of fear on that, whether you want to believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah that's funny. So that's one of the tactics I use
0: sure sure and you know it's tough for people especially early on because you get to that point where you have to delegate things you know yes. especially early on in real estate i don't know if you did some of the work yourself or not but
1: i my brothers and my dad and i used to do all the work ourselves and, and i'm not going to kid you sometimes i still get in the middle of the job site and i do that for a couple of reasons one i actually still enjoy it believe it or not um two it's a great workout yeah um, <laughs> yeah sure and, and three you know, I'm letting my guys know, my contractors, there's nothing here that you're doing I can't do. And I'm not willing to, to let you go at the moment right now in the event that you try to sh- cut corners. You know, I give you that warning once and the second time you're off the job. Um, and because they and, and you will be su- you will be very surprised how much more they're willing to work and get it done right in the right of time, amount of time because they know. Wait a minute. This guy actually knows how to do this. Wait a minute, this guy's actually carrying sheetrock. Do I do it for every job? Absolutely not. I can't. I can't because it's it's not cost effective. But I do it sometimes just to let them know that I'm still around. You're still around. You're still yeah, still yeah. the guy. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. So more millionaires have been made with real estate than any other way, mm-hmm. and yet there's a lot of people who have some sort of fear about getting into it. What do you think is the biggest thing holding people
1: back from getting into investing like you're doing? Mindset. It's a mindset. So our education, and I'm not sure how you feel about our educational system, but I'll tell you how I feel about it. Our educational system was a system put together to teach us how to go work for somebody. And if you, you know, my, the generation before me, success was, you know, you go to school, you get a degree and you go get a good job, and I never understood that mentality, so when I was in school, I'll give you an example, when I was in college, my freshman year, that first week, they take all of your, you know, all the freshmen, and and they try to, you know, try to get you guys to socialize, and they have these functions, and I remember one of these functions, it was late at night, everyone's hanging out, and they're talking about what they want to major in, and 99% of the kids there didn't know what they wanted to major in. And I knew what I wanted to major in, which was business. And 99% of them didn't know what they wanted to do. My, and it was, it was a very odd feeling. I felt like I, was, I shouldn't even say what I wanted to major in because I was the odd man out. Because I knew from day one what I wanted to be, which was an entrepreneur. I just didn't know how I was going to get there. Sure. I didn't know what, that, what vehicle that was going to be or, or what, it was, what make and model it was going to be in, right? Um, but I, I I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And then I quickly realized in college, I wasn't being taught how to be a self-made entrepreneur. I was being taught how to go work for an entrepreneur. Follow direction. Right. right. And make them money. So, you know, that happened around my, actually, when I started taking my core classes, uh, second semester, sophomore year. And by first semester, junior year, I was very, uh, to say the least, disfranchised. Dis- dis- with oh. us, with the system. But I mean, I had to stick it out. I was, th- I was there already, right? I was halfway done, why not finish it? Sure. Um, and I'm glad I did because I still use a lot of those courses in my in, in, in my everyday um, um, business uh, activities. But the reality is, you know, it wasn't until recently when I started taking uh, my last two kids to, to look at colleges that I realized that a lot of the schools are starting to teach now entrepreneurship in mm-hmm. itself which classes that I wish I had had available to me when I was going to school. So I'm a little encouraged now, but still discouraged with all the grades from first to 12th grade. We're being taught to go work for somebody. And we we need to get out of the mentality that, you know, we're going to go get a nine to five job. We're going to be there for 30 years. and We're going to have a pension. The reality is that doesn't exist anymore. Um, And you you wake up every day hoping that the entrepreneur that you're working for feels like getting up that day to make money or create resources for you. (laughs) A lot of trust, right? (laughs) Right. So, guys, you know, if I don't die filthy rich, it's not going to be because of lack of effort. It's going to be because, you know, circumstances didn't allow. Uh, That's the way I looked at it since I was younger.
0: Yeah. Would you say there's somebody that would not make it as an entrepreneur?
1: you know, there, yeah, it's the reality is, and you know, this yourself as an entrepreneur, we work longer hours than than nine to five people. (laughs) Yeah. You definitely do it for the passion. That's Yeah. You you know, do I have to work as many hours as I do? No, you know, I I don't, I don't have to do that anymore. You know, my, my kids are done. They are all done with college with the exception of one and his college fund is all paid for already. So, you know, it's just my wife and I. We don't live lavish lifestyles. Not because we can't, but because that's not who we are. Yeah. Um, you know, we uh, we spend our time. I rather spend my money and time ta- with uh, spending time with my family at dinners and vacations. And that's what we do. So, and do I take nice vacations? Yes, I do. Uh, but no, I'm still putting in six minimal 60 hours a week, but I don't have to. I do it because I love to. Does yeah. that make sense? I don't it sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So the reality is I tell people all the time, you got to be insane if you want to be an entrepreneur. This yep. is not a lifestyle for everybody. If you if you are, if you put more value on your time than money, yep. do not become an entrepreneur. Go be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Sure. I agree with you on that. And yep. I'm not saying anything wrong with teachers, but the reality is they don't have the hours that we have, right? That's right.
0: You got to love solving problems, getting in the mix, new right. issues every day,
1: fixing things.
0: You got to love the grit of what you do every day. Yeah.
1: I, I tell people I'm a financial social worker because <laughs> I'm always fixing other people's problems. When you yeah. come to me and you want to sell me your property, you have a problem. That's right. So Either you're going through a severe divorce, you're going through some financial difficulties. Um, you just made a lot of bad decisions in your life. Uh, whether it be social or financial. So we are, yeah, that's what we are, problem solvers. Absolutely. You're a psychologist sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. throwing <laughs> on the different hats, right? That's right. <laughs> okay. that's so right.
0: throughout your career, when was the point where you felt like you made it, like you had success? When was I've that never
1: point? felt that I've made it. That's what keeps that drive going, right? Never, you know. I get that question asked to me all the time. Just had that question asked to me by one of my cousins cousins that I'm still very, I'm we're really close. And he said to me, Danny, when are you going to be satisfied? I says, If I'm ever satisfied, put a bullet in my head. That's right. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Lay down in that. I don't want to be satisfied. No, why? To me, it's exciting. It's 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 a drug. Every time I get, I do that great deal. Yep. it's a high. I don't, you know, I don't drink. I don't, I don't smoke cigars. I don't even go play golf. I mean, it's, it's the deal. It's chasing yeah. the deal that that's the excitement. It's just, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a feeling that I can't describe. And, 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 I, and I, I could only assume is why people take drugs. Cause it's a feeling that, you know, they, they, they always chasing that next high or the next best high. Well, that's my case. I'm always ex- chasing that next best high with the deal. It's, the, it's all about making the deal. Absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree with
0: you more. I think that, uh, you know, when you when you have that high, that feeling just in part of your, your life, everything else, drinking, all that stuff is a secondary cheap substitute yeah. for what you actually get. Listen, right? I
1: get asked to go get, you know, like a friend of mine, John, says to me, you know, I got comps for two, two suites at, 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 I forget what hotel, Atlantic City, let's go hang out, we'll gamble. This is. John, I gamble every day. The only difference is the the odds are on my favor, not the house favor. So no, I'm not, it doesn't, that doesn't interest me, you know? Uh, So you're right.
0: 100%. (laughs) What's the most common misconception you've heard about real estate or you talked about earlier, you've heard some just really poor trainings and that sort of thing. What? What are those misconception,
1: those that misinformation that you hear from? I people? hear a lot of information, you know, based on property just on cash flow, right? And and I, I really hate hearing that. And there's a lot of guys out there, I shouldn't say that, there's a lot of guys out there that do well with it. But the real money's on the long-term hold. The real money is is in staying the cost. The real money is, you know, um, Buying a long-term property, that's going to have appreciation and markets that are going to appreciate. Um, And then there's different tactics and strategies that you could figure out that helps you figure out whether that property will most likely appreciate at what and what percent per year over the course of the next 20 years. Okay. Um, The other misconception out there is, I see a lot of guys out there driving real expensive cars, showing up on the job site with, you know, $2,000 shoes. They, they, they've got you know, their wardrobe alone, four grand, right? Three, four grand. With, and then not including the, the vehicle they're driving up on. And then they walk around like, yeah, I'm the boss, right? Listen, guys, that's not the real side of this business. It's not. The real side of this business is, you know, um, it, well, first and foremost, if you're investing that much money in how you look, it's that much money less that you're going to have to grow your business. So when you, you know, like in my case, it pains me to buy a vehicle, a brand new vehicle. It kills me. Do I get it? Of course I have to. I have to. It's part of the business. It's part of, you know, I need that for my family, right? But it's, it, I look at it and it's a piece of metal it's appreciating on a daily basis. Whereas if I take that same amount of money and I put that into a property, I'm getting cash flow that I could buy any vehicle I want. So can I drive a two hundred thousand dollar car? Of course I can. Do I? I don't know. So that's that's those are the the biggest misconceptions that I find in the in the business. You know, it's not like, you know, I remember when I was a kid, there was this Asian man. There were two guys out on TV, Carlton Sheets. I'm, I'm not sure if you're old enough to remember him. And you would get his program and he would send you cassettes. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. The real estate investing courses. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then there was another and no guy. money down or whatever. What yeah, I mean. exactly. And that and that's another misconception. Yeah. Uh, and there was another guy, an Asian guy, and he'd be on a big, you know, yacht with all these beautiful women around him. And he says, and all this could be yours, right? Yeah. If you invest in real estate. <laughs> look, the reality is, look, can you afford that in many cases? Yes, you can but that's not most of the cases. No. Yeah. yeah. The, the reality of this business is that you will be very wealthy. Um, if you stay the course over the period of time, if you don't, you know, you know, I could make $160,000 on a flip and I take that 160, I put a thir- 33% away for the government. So I could pay my estimated taxes every quarter. And then the rest goes into a down payment for a long-term, uh, Purchase of multifamily for cash flow. And the cash flow then pays for anything I ever want in my life. The stability. Well, you know, right. a big part of that, what you
0: described though is what drives you too, right? If you're driven by the fancy cars and
1: all those things. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, and there's nothing wrong with it. Sure. As long as it doesn't hurt your business. If it's if it's gonna hurt your, your business has to take priority, it's gotta be family and then business. That takes priority, guys. If your business is not your priority and looking good is, your business is not going to grow because you're not feeding your business you're feeding your you're feeding your looking good your hobby, of your lifestyle, yeah, right? your lifestyle, yeah, that's right so what's some a, a good piece of advice you'd you'd
0: give somebody just getting into real estate investing, um, young guy just getting in or young girl getting in? What's a good piece of advice, if it, be it real estate or even entrepreneurship, you know, starting a business on their own? What's a, 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 a really good piece of advice you'd give them?
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to give several on that because one will not be enough. Um, first and foremost, educate yourself. Take the time out to educate yourself. And in, in this marketplace, with the technology we have available to us today, it's pretty much all, all out there for free. YouTube is an unbelievable instrument. Um, number one, whatever that, whatever that segment of the market is or that product or that service that you're trying to, to, uh, to sell. The other thing is I'm going to tell you, the other thing and the second thing is most important is learn how to sell. If you learn how to sell, you're going to learn when you're being sold. You're going to see it coming. A uh, great book is uh, by Jordan Belford, Way of the Wolf. Uh, I highly recommend that. Another one is uh, The Millionaire Mind. Understand what a real entrepreneur thinks like. Um, self-made These are self-made entrepreneurs, The Millionaire Mind. There's it, studies of these self-made millionaires. See what their desires are, what their habits are, down to what type of a person they marry, whether it be, uh, you know... It, that your spouse is, is, is an extremely uh, important selection in your life. You don't want someone that you want to be two horses pulling the wagon together, not one going to the right, one going to the left, because then the wagon won't move. Um, stay the course. Things are going to be rough. You're going to doubt yourself. Remove the negative people around you. Uh, go to meetings or networking sit, uh, events but don't go to any event where you're the biggest person in the room. Cause then you're not going to learn anything. You got to be in it in the room where you're most uncomfortable, where you're the smallest person in the room. And I know that's really challenging. I had to get over that myself. I still do several times. Um, but you want to be the smallest person in that room because those bigger people are going to, are going to, are going to bring your level up way higher, much higher.
0: That's great advice, honestly. <laughs> great advice, uh, you know, and I, I love how you wrapped it up. And I mean, it's it's uh, attainable to anybody. I mean, we have access to so much information out there. Yes, you know, if you make learning part of your daily habit,
1: the sky's the limit, right? Oh you. yeah, I mean, and the reading part is most essential. You know, you want to know what the mac mic- macro is, what's going on in the economy. Worldwide, you want to know what's happening in the country, and then you want to know what's happening in your specific market area locally. And with that knowledge, you could anticipate where the migration of people are going, where the migration of services are going, and you could position yourself accordingly before it even gets there. That's where the real dollars are. That's right. And, and I love what you said about the sales
0: thing because I couldn't agree with that more. One of my first jobs was door to door sales in Detroit knocking on doors selling them stuff and although i didn't make a ton of money at it i learned a lot that did it did on. you
1: not right you probably learned i and correct me if i'm wrong their body language yeah. tells you everything yep. like as soon as they open the door within well first of all you probably only had five seconds to to for yeah. them to decide whether they were gonna to listen to you or not yep. right so that skill gets improved And the the second skill that gets improved is the body language that that they're representing to you, right? Immediately tells you whether you you have a chance or not, right? Honestly, that's the boot camp for...
0: sales dealing with people any of that you, know, really good. you get a door slammed in your face enough and and then the worst part was they would drive us out there and they'd be
1: sitting in the van just watching us you're oh. On same, same time. oh i know exactly what you were doing they'd give you all these products whether whatever they bought in bulk was that what it was and, and whatever it do was door door? yeah and you yeah. go there and you give somebody like hey
0: you know let me in and I'll, I'll give you this free roll of paper towel yeah. (laughs)
1: listen it it developed look it's so funny when people ask me how did I learn what I learned how do I how did I learn what I do and I tell people I learned doing what I do shining apples in my dad's deli right so my father had a huge sandwich business and every morning he would pick up three cases sometimes four cases of apples and my brother and I, at by six thirty in the morning, were washing apples, and then around eight o'clock they were dry enough, and we had to then shine the apple with western oil and paper towel. So you know, when I was in my teenage years, my dad decides to leave me in charge and goes away for three days to visit his mom. And no, I'm sorry a week. And I tell my brother, screw that. we're not shining apples. Dad's not here. Well, we went from selling three to four cases of apples a day to only selling a half a case. So within three days I says, Oh, we got to start shining apples again. So essentially all we do is shine apples. Yeah. That's what we do. Shine apples. Awesome. <laughs> I hope that was a good metaphor. Oh, it's great. Great analogy. <laughs> Honestly, it's,
0: you know, it's in the details. A lot of people don't realize that and yeah, talk about like, um, the, I can tell the difference between like a successful restaurant owner or uh-huh. an unsuccessful restaurant owner. When you go into their shop, you talk about their business. They know what they're making down to, you know, what they're paying for that salt packet or that's right. stuff like that. Those guys know. And then that's you go right. to these other shops and these guys are flashing money. They got all this stuff. And I say, that guy won't be in business in a year. No. Even once He's gone. Once that's his right. loans are up.
1: That's right. And I agree 100%. Shiny
0: apples is a good analogy on that because that's that's really what it's about. It's the devil's
1: in the details, really. Yes, know. it is. Shining apples. That's what we do. Well, Dan,
0: <laughs> thanks for getting on with me today. Um, it, it, please follow Dan on Instagram, USA underscore land underscore ventures, and also at usalandventures.com. Anything you want to sign us off with here today, Dan?
1: No, again, thank you for inviting me. I had a great time. Um, Anybody have any questions, feel free to DM me. I have no problems responding. I love this side of the business. I actually love sharing it. It makes me feel good when I hear the success of of people that have reached out to me. Cool.
0: Well, thank you guys for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Take care.